big news happened, and I seem I seem to remember calling this. I seem to remember calling that this was absolutely going to happen this year, um, and that was that basically Astralis had decided. Uh, the team, Astralis, has decided to split from Refresh Entertainment. So for those of you who don't maybe follow Counter-Strike, uh, the business of Counter-Strike, religiously, um, basically Refresh are a company that uh, attempted to sneak ownership of multiple teams. Um, uh, yes, and the Origin uh, uh, brand uh, as well, uh, it's got to be said. Um, but I think that's... Um, I think that's uh, related to some rules that are coming uh, anyway regardless but basically what they try to do is they try to sneak uh, uh, ownership of multiple teams past us all in That's the community right. on the bait true that anders will be going to the area 51 raid <laughs> i'm trying to talk is it true uh i don't know uh fucking probably he's a fucking lunatic mate i think anders was fucking discovered in like in area 51 uh, if, if if you ask me my opinion, I think he came from there. Uh, anyway, um, so basically what they try to do is they try to sneak past ownership you of multiple teams under the guise right. of uh, media rights ownership. And they, they, they kept trying to say, oh, there's nothing sinister here. We don't have influence. And then contracts got leaked. I mean, there's still a load of stories that never came out, like stuff that went on with Godsent and how they were like fronting up uh, lawyers or something when they were trying to get um, crims and and, and uh, well uh, not crims um, when fucking JW and all that moved across to, to Godsent they basically like it was refreshed up like getting expert lawyers involved to like get them out of the fanatic contracts and stuff and yet they were trying to pretend that oh we, we've got no ownership we've got no stake we've got no interest we just deal with their media rights yet I went out and I got the contracts and it's like wait you're paying their salary well, yes, 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 but that's an exchange. It was just like it was just lies. It was just fucking absolute nonsense. And they did it for heroic, and they did it for uh, Godsend, and they did it for Astralis. Uh, I see there might even have been a team Norse. I can't remember if they were um, even a real journalism. If they were uh, linked. That's right. Uh, anyway, Riches live. It's gonna be a good night. Yes, Riches live. He's live. Mm. Thanks for the sub, homie. All right. So anyway, um, so what they were doing was basically trying to have this like huge empire originally nicola nyhome what he wanted was to control the players union and thank fucking god that never happened and you go richard how could you possibly know that well if you remember when fallen got uh, got his skype hacked and a few other things hacked if i remember rightly there was a load of skype logs that got leaked i've still got them somewhere probably is on the dead man's drive uh and basically what happened was um uh Nicola Nyhome had contacted Fallen and said, you will be the figurehead of the players' union because everyone respects you and likes you. And we'll fund it and we'll run it and we'll organize That's it. Right. So basically what that suggests to me is that this is a guy who was identifying ways that he could sort of control the whole scene, be, be a little bit Machiavellian, you know, control everything. Because as we can see, it's not that he's interested in player rights or anything like that. Oh, and the other gimmick, of course, that Refresh pushed was that for the teams that they owned, Astralis in particular, uh, they said, oh, these are player-owned organizations. Then it came out publicly because it's Denmark, so all the documents are public. And they must fucking hate that, by the way. I mean, no matter how many shell companies you try and wrap shit up in, if you use the name Astralis, 
Uh, if you use the name Refresh, <laughs> I can get you documents that fucking day. It's brilliant. Uh, and it must drive Nicola and I home mad because what what it sh what they have to show in their articles of incorporation and, and their business documents uh, is that uh, who owns what, who owns what percentage. So this player-owned organization owned less than 10% between them, <laughs> not each. <laughs> between them so you're talking about 1.92 you know percent per player that's right now i don't know if you've thank ever you owned any shares or stocks entertainment. You do great work. <laughs> thank you i appreciate it i don't know if you've ever owned any shares or stocks or any of that kind of thing 1.9 percent uh two percent not really a big say at the adults table um just not really a big say at all uh you know if you ever sell brilliant you're gonna get you're gonna get you know whatever whatever those shares are worth to take that two percent back from you it's equity it's worth a little bit but it is not a controlling interest by any stretch of the imagination so to call it a player controlled organization a player owned organization was incredibly disingenuous it was one of the biggest um sort of smears lies obfuscation of facts it's actually one of the more egregious ones i think like when we think about refresh we think about the lies about trying to cover up multiple team ownership and all of that. I, I think that's kind of small potatoes, actually. I, I think sort of misrepresenting that this was a player-owned organization is far worse. So, anyway. Um, so, the... The, the, the reality is that this was always a stunt, and um, Nicola Nyholm's made it very clear that this was an asset-flipping exercise right from the get-go. Hey, Foreign Gamer, good to see you, dog. Um, eight months. Man, that's fucking flown by. Uh, so, yeah, he basically, it was always an asset-flipping exercise. The plan was to build up these brands. Well, okay, no, that wasn't the plan. The original plan was to own all of these brands and own a league right which probably would have been called the blast because that was a the blast was a danish lan event that they had purchased the um intellectual property for because they'd amalgamated with people that had some partial claim to it and stuff um you know on the board uh, of refresh so they basically were looking to create a hermetically sealed league with like 10 teams in it and these would all be brands that refresh controlled and every every team owner would have like a point of contract who was like owner slash gm they were super keen to get like um you know all these players in like fallen sean gares you, you know like figurehead iconic players and they were going to play in this like hermetically sealed league and exclusive and the, you know so it was basically like what pea ended up doing but the difference is nobody knows that refresh tried to do this so that was the original plan <laughs> that that was the original original plan then they decided well you know we'll 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 fucking just own these teams and we'll put them in our own events and we'll big it up and then we'll sell the teams if we ever have to for conflict interest reasons and we'll just make them super successful we'll make them super successful and we will just sell them right well of course what happened was they all went down the fucking shit you know god sent went down the shit uh uh, they were called home sent for a while because they couldn't fucking get out of groups in tournaments. They, uh, you had uh, Heroic, which were anything but. They had that very brief period of time where they were good, which coincided with Yugi actually being able to play. Although, you know, MSL's doing work with him again. 
uh, and yeah, basically you um, end up in this situation where none of the teams that they sort of tried to pick up ended up succeeding apart from Astralis, who went on to be the number one team in the world. So then they pivoted. And what they quickly realized they could do was, wait, people want to see the best team in the world, right? Because obviously they're the best fucking team in the world. So people want to see the best team in the world. So what we do is we start making it so the best team in the world increasingly comes to more and more of our events. Because we also have these small events over here. We want to make it a big thing. We want to increase our market share. So what better way to uh, leverage sponsors, right, than to say, well, we can guarantee the best team in the world is there, and we're going to reach out to all these other teams. We're going we're gonna to speak the language to the players of these events are low commitment. They're in glamorous locations. It's best of ones. They're glorified holidays for you, and the money's decent. And of course, you'll get to play Astralis. And if you're a fan, you'll get to see Astralis. And you get to see Astralis play all these other teams. So they use all of that to basically then start saying, well, unfortunately, we've got these contracts. We've got these contracts with these teams. And we've got these contracts with Astralis, obviously, we own. They can't come to your event, ESL. It's just not feasible. Look, we were there in the joint Skype group. We were there. We, we put it in. We said what weekend we were going to do it, but... It's a little bit far away, isn't it, as well, to go back-to-back, back, even with a weekend in between. And Astralis are telling us they're tired. They keep just saying it all the time. Ignore the tweets about Device going to uh, Dubai. Ignore that. He's really tired and needs a rest, and he's sick, and he can't travel to your event, but to Dubai he can. The queue is in Dubai, I heard. So ignore all that. And this is what they started doing to other events. They started basically uh, trolling, tr trolling them in a way. Like, just gaslighting them all. Telling them, Hey, we want to work with you. We want to work with you, man. Like, we'll, 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 this isn't a, a soft exclusivity. Meanwhile, they contracted, you know, seven teams or whatever the fuck it was to basically attend five out of their next, like, seven events with you a plan to expand in 2020. That's right. Like Trump. Sick Deftones shirt. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Uh, from the eponymous album, uh, which has great, great tracks on it. A lot of people don't like it. I think it's because it was the follow up to White Pony. Uh, tough fucking act to follow, man, because White Pony is like one of the best albums, one of the best rock albums of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's good. I think it's got some good tracks on there, dog. So always good to meet a fellow uh, Deftones fan. So, <clears throat> so here's, so you went, this is the situation we've been in. Now, who has bore the brunt of the criticism? Who has it affected the most? Well, Refresh, let me tell you, negative publicity to these guys, it's like bugs on a fucking windshield. You format shit, you format shit. You in a furniture store. We think it's an improvement. Dum, tsh, dum. They just, it, 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 it doesn't go in. It doesn't make them sad. It doesn't make them rethink. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't stop them. They just carry on. Dum, dum, dum. They just swat it away. That's it. So who's it really affected? All this negative press for months. Well, it's obviously the team. It's obviously Astralis. 
you know, we've all we've all laughed. We've all had a fucking we've had we've all had the memes. We've all enjoyed it, right? Because it is funny. It, it, it's funny to see any entity that engages in hubris of this nature to fail. But the reality is, the players were in a rock and a hard place. Player controlled org, not on your fucking Nelly. Parent company telling them basically what to do, where they can and can't go. Keep in mind, at any point, you're not even a real journalism. Uh, refresh can just actually right. tell them flat out that like, you're not going. Guys like you and Duncan do the real work in esports. Well, thank you, Happy Nigel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Eighteen months, dude. Long time. I was actually looking at it the other day. Do you know the majority of my subs are six months or more, like the overwhelming, and it's something like thirty percent of them are in like what I would consider long term, like you know anything over a year. That's right, madness. Got so many long, like so many people have been around for such a long time. Anyway, so Astralis, um, Astralis um are fucking in in this terrible position right because they're having to eat all the shit it's them who doesn't go to events it's them who comes to these best of ones uh these best of one tournaments it's them that don't get to maintain the standard of being the number one team in the world it's them who get called out over the excuses it's zonic who has to come out and be the mouthpiece uh, the mouth of fucking sauron and tell everybody Hey, um, yeah, you know, it looks yeah. funny when Device is, is uh, traveling, but he is really sick and traveling one way is worse than the other and all this shit. It's Zonic who has to say it. It's not Nicola Nyholm coming out and saying any of this shit. It's not even anyone from Refresh. So, obviously Astralis has been pissed off. Like, I'm telling you, if you think this hasn't affected Astralis, all this negative press, the tacit understanding it's always in their mind always in their fucking head that they literally surrendered being the number one team in the world because of business interests for a parent company that realistically don't give them as much as probably is what they should now don't get me wrong it was a much this is a much better arrangement than what happened with tsm shit man last time i saw reggie i told him straight to his face you fucked up with that fucking csgo team dog I mean, the whole story about that, and there's a fucking, there's a roller coaster right there. But, um, like, but he knows it. He's older and he's, he's, uh, he's older and he's wiser now, you know. But, um, yeah, like, we all saw them at the event when they were losing and they couldn't, it, the penny hadn't dropped. They didn't realize they were bad. They, well, not bad, but worse than they were, you know, which was untouchable. The penny hadn't dropped. They didn't realize they wanted to, turn up and be 80%, 90%, and still win. And you could see flashes were off. You know, this was at ECS. And flashes were off. Smokes weren't landing in the right place. Like, the idea that anyone on Astralis is ever going to fuck up a smoke or a flashbang is, is insane to me. It happened multiple times at ECS. And this is why they ended up losing to Furia. And you saw the reaction to it. Zipniks. Like, literally... Right? That motherfucker is so cool. His face is next to a picture of a cucumber in the fucking dictionary, right? And this cunt's fucking getting triggered and punching his screen. And Dupree's getting angry. And Device is getting angry. And everyone's fucking raging. And you can see, like, th this is not the same team. This is not the fucking same team. That's all. So... They were obviously tilted and triggered and everything else. I mean, like, Magisk is permanently angry. 
He, he, he's like the fucking Hulk. That's his secret. He's always angry. It's just how red he gets. He's sort of like the Hulk, but just red. Like fucking, uh, what's he called? A fucking abomination or whatever, you know? Just like that, any. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always red. Right? But, like, straight up, like, guys who don't normally get angry were getting mad angry. And they were getting mad angry because of all of this peripheral noise. Because they have to take the shit. They're called Blastralis. they got to swallow that. So then they go to the next event, right? Okay, more pressure, right? We've just been tuned by fucking Furia. Let's get our shit together. You're not getting your shit together. Right now, you know, their position is third in the world. It might even be fourth for me. It might even be fourth. Uh, you know, I, I could see Ents even taking a series off them these days. So, uh, reading between the lines, right? And, and again, there's some serious bullshit in this interview, which we'll get into. Reading between the lines, I think I think the team has just had enough. I think they've had. An, I mean, they'll still have to um, commit to anything they've signed for 2019. They'll still have to commit to go into these events unless they're going to be given like an amnesty on it. Um, and who knows? I mean, let's also not rule out. And I, I'll be watching, but let's not rule out that they just throw up some bullshit shell company and it's like. Yep, Refresh no longer owns Astralis. Now, Nick and Nihome's other company, Sunstone fucking Productions, or whatever the fuck it's called, they now own them. Like, brilliant, same people, different names. Okay, cool. All right, I've seen this a million times in esports. So, anyway, I think reading between the lines, I think Astralis fucking had enough. Legit had enough. And they, they want out of an arrangement that now is really hurting their reputation, their ability to be number one. Credit to the players for that, and credit to Zonic for that. I think th this has really hurt them. This entire saga has really hurt them. I think they liked being the number one team in the world, but I just don't think they realized how quick they could lose it, because that's just the nature of the business. I mean, shit, I could have told them that. So, anyway, we get this headline come out the other day. And, and keep in mind, I must have said this on By the Numbers, like, multiple times. Like, eventually, like, Astralis will split from Refresh. You know, they did it with TSM, which is a huge org. You know, you don't say no to that. But they did to make this. Big risk. But they did it because the principle was right. So it says here, Astralis will soon fully operate independently from Refresh Entertainment. HLTV.org has learned. Um, not a surprise that HLTV actually got wind of this before anyone else. Uh, you have to remember that the owner of HLTV is Danish. Nicola Nyholm, I think, is on relative speaking terms. Uh, the guy called Nomad. So, you know, they probably back-channeled them and let them know first because this is the most effective way to get the news out and control the message. The Danish team in Origin, the iconic League of Legends brand acquired by Refresh Entertainment in November 2018, are already operating under a new company called Refresh Teams, a temporary name that will soon be changed. Now, this suggests to me they've given them a separate placeholder name for the purposes of financials and whatever else, and that's they're looking to sell. We'll get more into why that might be the case. Um, but here's another thing to factor in that re you know refresh have been feeling so good about their events refresh have been feeling so good about them 
I don't know why, but they have been. I mean, listen, I said to myself, I'll buy the numbers after the first couple. I said, you know what? After that first one where they had to cancel an entire day, they actually learned they're actually good. And they were nice little throwaway popcorn events that I could enjoy. Then there was just like one, it felt like all, like every month there was just another. And it was break, it was adding to a pretty, you know, a lot of online Counter-Strike. And, and it's actually, I consider now watching these events kind of worse than online Counter-Strikes, at least in the online stuff. You still get best of threes. Um, so that takes some doing. And then, I don't know, just little things. They've For me, their standards have slipped. Their standards have slipped overall uh, in terms of, like, like we saw it today. Again, I'll, I'll get into some aspects of today's event. But, you know, you know production slip-ups, um, corners cut, timing off, the uh, interviews and, and, and stuff kind of feel, like, really out of place. The musical thing they put in today, which was an, an embarrassment, frankly. Yeah, I, I'm not really feeling it. And I haven't seen any of this. Um, yeah, there was sound problems, which is a throwback to when they did the first couple of events. Um, yeah, the, some games had no replays. Uh, no crowd shots at all for when the crowd was empty. Get to the crowd. Well, I've got the. I've got some hard numbers. <laughs> I've got some hard numbers coming up. Because um, I wanted to go into this in depth and it make it basically clip it into a YouTube video because I thought there would be no point in um, going into uh, this level of detail on by the numbers. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, they're looking to sell. And they're looking to sell to a buyer who evidently maybe they'll take on Origin along with with uh, Astralis or maybe they'll sell them independently. But here's another thing to consider. They've been feeling so good about these events that they've been running that they um, have decided to uh, basically, I think, you know, it works It works for everybody right now. Uh, if they're on board with Astralis leaving, because I think I think they think they can pitch for a major. <laughs> and uh, for those that don't know, um, and I, you know, again, I've been behind the curtain. I'm 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 on the other side again now, so I don't really give a fuck. Whatever, judge me uh, if people don't like it. But like Valve are so dialed in on this multiple team ownership and conflict interest shit now, they actually give a fuck. Um, I've said this multiple times, like where Riot and Activision Blizzard, like they just literally, if they could get away with it tomorrow, they would just control all of the teams, all the games would be rigged, you would never know about it, buy our product, consume our product, spend our money, cheer, they would literally write out like wrestling, that's literally how they would do it tomorrow, they have no interest in the genuine competitive integrity, genuine stories, they've got no interest in that. Because they can't control it. And the problem with realness and reality is you get bad things. Like sometimes bad people can be really like, well, not even bad people, assholes, let's call them. Assholes can be really good at a video game and they say asshole stuff. And you, Riot don't like it. So then it becomes not, well, hey, they're just assholes. So let's, that's, we just have to live with that. They go, how can we get this guy out or change them? It has to be one of the two. They either can't play in our league because assholes are bad for business, or we have to make them not an asshole. Go see Ocelot in G2. Notoriously toxic 
player in solo queue, the only way that Riot was going to basically keep having this iconic player play, um, you know, in, in, in LCS and at their events was when they did that really cringeworthy Taming the Beast video with, with Ocelot. Go look, go watch it. It's It's terrible. And that was sort of a part of an agreement to basically be like, look, be better, be good, you make money, we keep you in our league, we'll create a story about it. That's right. Valve don't give a fuck about that. Valve actually want it. They, they like the system journalism. we have. They don't want That's control. Right. Because out of the chaos, Valve is primed to get data, which is why they're such an advanced company. They're an advanced company that recently has made some mistakes, but they do. They have never wanted to control things. They actually relish the lack of control, and they sit back and, like, staring at a fucking, you know, we're all in the Petri dish. They're the scientists. They write down their findings. That's how Valve operate. So Valve don't want conflict of interest and, 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 and potential for corruption and other stuff. They don't want any of that because when that artifice creeps into their sports, it not only hurts the sport, which we all know, uh, but also as well, it sort of hurts how Valve think about things and how Valve extrapolate information from the scenes that they're involved in. So they don't like it. And they've said that to me. You know, they've said we we don't like uh, this conflict of interest bullshit. They've, they, they tell me they pay attention to my reporting. They've, they've applauded it. They've also told me privately that they've gone to teams and, and, and let, let them know that there's certain hammers coming down. Um like before the face it major which was that was a huge story that they were that, that was when they basically nailed it on and said like anybody that owns like any multiple team ownership fuck you like you can't enter both teams but it just got obfuscated how bad the face it major was um but you know they've dropped some hammers that i don't agree with as well for example um for dota you can't attend ti and be sponsored by a gambling company they won't they won't won't allow it they won't allow any direct sponsorship so you have to basically have the uh, sponsor um wait what's going on here there's there's someone spamming my chat and people are saying that he's weird you're not even a real journalism i'll i'll give him a timeout that's right that, that's usually good for reflection um, yeah, basically, you know, things like that. So I, I don't even see it as a direct conflict of interest. You know, if Betway sponsor NIP, uh, I don't think Betway are ever going to call up fucking NIP and, and say like, yo, throw this game, dog, because we've, we've just looked at the betting patterns. You know, football teams have fucking sponsors. Um... Uh, you, you know, you know that 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 a Betway and you know Bet three six five and all these gambling companies and nobody really bats an eyelid. It, it kind of feels a little bit more draconian, more in line with this weird American, um, kind of uh, you know puritanical view of gambling and how it's a corrupting force. But then again, Valve did get absolutely fucking battered with lawsuits because of skins gambling and everything else and match fixing so you know who fucking knows real um maybe they just want gambling That's as far right. away from their game as possible i think that's short-sighted because it's a huge revenue stream for the teams but then again that doesn't really um affect valve real much. journalism so that's right um anyway if you want to pitch that if you want to there is absolutely no way that valve 
would even entertain a pitch from Refresh while they owned teams. No way. Zero. Absolutely zero. Um, so they've got to let them go. They've got to get rid of the teams. And I, and I think with all the negative publicity they've had, with Astralis probably wanting to get out too, and the fact that you know, we're, 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 we're coming out of a major. Typically, how it works is that the, the pitch for the majors is, is kind of opens up uh, at the end of the year uh, or at the start of the year. So people come in and they basically say, pitch for majors and we'll pick. And you get told what the criteria might be. I think, I think you know, I would assume that uh, Refresh are going to go in and pitch for a major, which they absolutely should not get. Because... Um, they certainly haven't done enough to suggest to me they can take on the monumental task of, of running a major, which I know a thing or two about. So, the you know, think about the companies that have been successful. Think about the companies that have failed. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, there's there's no fucking way um to in my mind that they're ready or that they've done and that they have a body of work that even suggests that they're ready i mean you know look it's not a very nice thing to to say but uh obviously the face it major was was awful and this is a company that had run successful events but not really ones of the same size the same stature same level of production value uh, and I think people realize actually you don't do you don't do a major to make money. You do a major so you get more sponsors for your other events. The major is probably gonna lose your money, honestly. If you do it to the size and stature and you know that everybody wants. The major is not a fucking money spinner. But I think you know, for even like respected companies who I love and I worked for and I know the staff, like PGL, they fucked up. They fucked up uh Krakow. You know that was that had a that had a fucking ropey couple of days out there, so um, it's uh, it, it's it's a tough one. It's it really is. Um, but I think reading between the lines, that's what's precipitated this move. Uh, I'll just read you these little quotes here, and then we can have a laugh at today's event. Um, the uh, CEO Nicola Nyholm told HLTV that the company will focus solely on the Blast Pro series and other Blast properties, stressing that the truly important parts of the teams and the tournament organizations have already been separated. Lies. <laughs> we call these lies. Um, in in what way have they been properly separated? Your offices, they go in, they train. Your staff, the Blast staff, refresh staff, travel with Astralis, go to events. But okay, whatever. Um, nego negotiations have already started with a view to acquiring the majority shareholding of Astralis and refresh teams currently held by those already involved in Blast, according to Mr. Nyholm, who guaranteed that the teams will be fully separated from refresh entertainment by the time of the Star Ladder Major. Another thing as well... Um, I mean, the timing's interesting. It could be maybe Valve have said something about this privately. I, I think it would have leaked. Um, and it's unlikely. I don't think they care too much about the whole you're running an event and owning a team thing because that's never going to impact on what they do. But maybe. Um, 
The management behind Refresh Teams is also expecting extensive interest from outside investors in the company, which houses not only one of the most decorated teams in the history of Capstrike, but also a success, highly successful League of Legends squad who finished in second place in the LEC. That's the um, you know, European uh, League of Legends League. Uh, 2019 spring playoffs. Despite the recent criticism targeted at the potential conflict of interest between Refresh Entertainment and Astralis, and at how Blast Pro Series' heavy event schedule and business model have changed the landscape of the competitive counter Mr. Nyhome insists this move has long been in the pipeline. Forever. It's been there. Two years ago, we spoke about how after a build-up phase of a model esports team, a tournament operator and a team should not have common ownership, he said, revealing that Astralis are now a profitable business unique to the esports ecosystem. I mean, that's what we call didn't happen. Um, you know, basically, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what he means by that. In his mind, this isn't a lie, by the way. He means that it was always his plan to basically sell off whichever was the least successful of the two for, for a profit. In that sense, a parting of the ways was inevitable. Um, but, you know, they would have kept control and retained them all for, for as long as they could feasibly get away with while still expanding. The point is now they're thinking about the major, uh, thinking about doing a major, thinking about expanding the, the uh, stature of the events, especially with an uh, increased number of the Blast events in 2020. Uh, so getting a major in 2020 as well would be like a hell of a coup, right? And that means more sponsors, more attention, more viewers. Well, man alive. Uh, if today is anything to go by, I mean, put it this way. I'll make, I, I, I know Valve are paying attention. But I'll just make double sure. I'll do whatever I have to do to just make make sure that Valve are more than aware of how bad the uh, Blast LA has been. So hard numbers, right, guys? And uh, I'll repeat these on by the numbers uh, as is appropriate. Um, but I, I saw a crowd. I saw a tweet um, from uh, Kevin Hitt, uh, a journalist, used to be my editor over at VP Esports, now works for a website a called Upcomer. That's right. And uh, uh, appreciate it, Sisko. Thanks for the uh, recent, dog. I'm going to talk about your thing after this, and then we'll get into something to depress everybody and whatever. So anyway, Kevin Hitt tweeted this out, and he said, um, and again, I, I, the thing I love with Kevin is... <laughs> Um, I can never tell when he's being like dry, tongue in cheek, or just sort of like contradictory without realizing it. it real it's like it's it's always That's a right. puzzle that you have to unravel. Um, but anyway, so he he did this. Um, he said I was skeptical about the venue change at first, but it said it works for the fans. TVs are big enough to see. Players can be seen. Feels cozy. Cozy is definitely the word. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just max this out and, and jump off camera so you can just see it. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of questions, uh, a lot of questions with that. Um, the, first of all, 
the i don't know where this front row intimate experience thing that they promised was because everything is the front row uh the stage setup must be a nightmare from a sound perspective uh because as you could see each individual stage was in a row it wasn't like how they've had it at other events where they were on different sides you know sound travels like this uh, outwards you know so uh this is basically multiple games with multiple commentators coming into an, a fully open auditorium well i say auditorium a furniture store uh so that must be awful that must be really bad uh sound wise because if you're sat here and the other game is here and you're trying to pay attention to this, but you can also see the screen of that out the corner of your eye and people reacting to that. Maybe hear a little bit of the noise as well. That's pretty fucking bad, guys. That's pretty fucking bad. This is not an acceptable setup, really, that's conducive to good sound in, in, in an open room with a lovely wooden ceiling. So here's the thing. When I... Uh, when I saw that as well, forget the stage setup, honestly. They had, there's an old phrase, needs must as the devil drives. And they've been put in a real tough position, as you're going to find out why in just a second. But when I saw that crowd, I couldn't believe my eyes that a Counter Strike event in LA um, with the top teams in the world attending would have a crowd that small i thought maybe that is just the intimate area no that is the full area that is the full area and now you remember that um they actually had um right their original plan was to have it at the galen center which has a capacity of ten thousand. <laughs> ten thousand. okay now, it probably wouldn't have been 10,000 because you have the four screens and you have to cordon some areas off. So maybe it would have been eight, maybe five, depending. I don't know. I don't know. The, I haven't got a map of the Galen sense, so I can't look at what, how many people sit in which zones. But it was a 10,000 seater. It was a 10,000 arena. Right? And they said ticket sales have been disappointing. And that was why they had to move venue and change date. Well, I had somebody, because I've got spies there, right? Because, you know me, I know everybody. I even got some fans who have supposedly paid for this VIP uh, experience, this intimate experience, and they're going to review it. Um, no, I would never put the talent in the position, actually. <laughs> like, you go in, you, of course you've got spies there. All your mates are there. I would never ask the talent to basically rat out a, t a tournament organizer unless it was, like, for something like non-payment. I'm not going to put them in a position where it's like, hey, you know that event you work? Did it suck balls? You know, like, let me know, because, you know, they're freelancers, right? I'm talking about, like, actual motherfuckers on the ground, like journalists and attendees. And, um, I, uh, I basically, uh, I've got a guy who's paid for like the VIP thing and all of that shit. Who's going to give me a review of it? He's going to review it, and then we'll talk about that review on by the numbers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I got somebody on the ground to count the chairs. Right, let's let's make chat interactive. Right, we got five hundred and fifty of you here right now. So I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll mute it and just scan it small styles. So you can just have a look. How many chairs? Are there 
Let's see, has anyone got it yet? Right, well, anyway, apparently in the venue, counting all the rows and some of the stuff that's off camera, 480 chairs, according to my on-the-ground spy. And they also said, at best, at any given time, they were about half full, so they would put it at about 250 people max attending. Now, a lot of you, a lot of you know me quite well now. Haven't watched me stream for a while, you know. And you, you'll probably know that Matt's definitely not my strong suit. I was always a words guy. I've always been a words guy. So ten thousand. Right, I'm trying to just figure it out. There's ten. Your plan was 10,000 your scaled down plan <laughs> was 500 and uh you then got half of that now i don't know what bullshit numbers they're gonna come out with they're gonna come out with some bullshit numbers guys uh, you know they're gonna someone will clip this it'll or they're probably watching right now nicola nyholm's got like richard streaming just streaming quick get on there we must listen to everything he says and then pretend it's a lie and every time he's proven correct so i don't know what bullshit they're going to come up with one here's one trick to watch out for guys um there's this thing called footfall <laughs> oh it's so good scooters in the chat and alchemist too because uh they they fucking they know exactly the game that gets played with footfall they know exactly the motherfucking game. So in case you don't know, what you do is, if you ever want your number to be fucking bumped up, you don't talk about how many people buy tickets and stay and watch the games. You run a turnstile and you talk about footfall. And what this means is, if some cunt wanders in off the streets, and keep in mind, typically you do this for events where, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Blast actually maybe do this on the last day, where they like just do a reduced price, or they open it up just to fill it. Um, I've certainly seen lots of events do that down, down the years, where it's like they start with a plan, hey, we'll sell the tickets. We're not selling tickets. Fuck, we've got empty seats. This looks terrible. Our sponsors are gonna fucking not come back. Let's Give them away! And that's what happens, right? So what you do is, you you basically talk about footfall. And footfall is like, literally, if one guy comes in, but like, like um, goes in the turnstile and does the fucking Grandpa Simpson meme, Bard's looking at me in a brothel, and he walks out again, right? That's one person. That's one person. That's one footfall. That's one visitor. You're not even a real journalist. So now imagine if you're running a big convention right. center or a big esports event and it's free, or, you know, you've got people who are paying for tickets, but then, like, maybe they come and they don't like what they see and they leave, um, but they can't sell the tickets, and then maybe they do sell a ticket, right? Maybe they scalp their tickets or transfer them to somebody else, and then that person comes. So what you start doing is you start adding up just a number of people that have entered the building during your event, basically, and you call it footfall. And you can make you can inflate the the numbers pretty fucking big, uh, pretty bigly, as my man might say. 
um, because obviously what what counts as footfall, you'll lump in all the journalists, all the visitors, all the fucking parents, like just anybody who's entered the building. You know, you've got a you've got a guy there like a fucking census taker, like just adding them all up on an abacus. And then you get to say, you know, an ESL, I think, I want to say pioneered this. You get to say, we had, yeah, scooters, but in the over 100,000 people came through our doors today. You know what I mean? And it sounds way better than we actually only sold fucking, you know, we only actually put 500 bums on seats to watch games. And you win because you played the footfall card. So maybe that'll come. Um, maybe not. Maybe they'll be honest about it. I mean, who fucking knows? But the reality is, it is it is a terrible look for what should have been a... I mean, and I'm perplexed. Like, I understand the complexities of selling out events. I remember when Ely got a lot of shit because we struggled uh, to get to hit that capacity at, at, at uh, Atlanta in the Fox Theater. And that was 5,000. And people said at home, that doesn't look like it's 5,000. There's probably only 3,000. We did sell out, but it was it was a slog. And again, we, we sold out, but probably, I want to say at like maybe one or two points were we even close to having the 5,000 in all at once, right? So that's another thing. Like people buy tickets. Maybe that, you see, there's 250 people there. Maybe they've sold 2,000. But maybe people come, go, they only want to watch one game. They turn up, they're like, oh, fuck it, like, uh, I'm really not feeling this, actually. I want to go down the bar. So, yeah, it's getting them all there at once. So, that's another problem. So, wh when, I, when I was at uh, E-League, you know, when, when it was apparent that, like, we were going to, you know, maybe have, like, some Spartan areas, we went out and fucking you know, local unis, local colleges were like, look, here's a special fucking, you know, discount. Bring your friends, come along. You know, we went out there and rustled. I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, in the end, uh, we ended up with a weird disconnect anyway because everyone who went said it was fucking wicked and the atmosphere was great. And everyone at home said the atmosphere was shit. And I I've never understood that discrepancy that was like one of the better events I, i'd been to i say that in all honesty been a real um and it was it was easily eclipsed right. by boston but um but yeah it was very bizarre um so yeah so i mean listen in america it is fucking hard if you are in a big city uh to to get people you to come to your events journalism. and commit to staying there for fucking That's eight right. and hours people have shit to do with the city thoughts on how the new c9 squad played today when you get the chance mm. enjoying the stream thanks buddy um so you know and look and and, and you know how good ml ml we all remember how good mlg columbus was in right but first of all mlg uh, uh, had a long history of running uh, events in columbus so they already had like the people who lived there who were in fucking esports and gaming and tech culture well what else is there to do like <laughs> real talk and then obviously as well it's a place that you can get to and and go to and you don't leave the venue it's fucking there's nothing else to see you know uh, so um Th that led to having that great crowd that was there for all that fucking um all that time i mean the uh you know it was like yeah you get weird little situations like with the boston major final had less people in the building than the boston major semi-finals did uh so it, look so it, it's tough if you are in a big city 
um, and you want people to fucking sit for 10 hours a, a day at what is ostensibly a sporting event, um, it's got to be great. It's got to be a great venue. It's got to be, it's got to be value for money. And this is why, if you've ever wondered why they keep throwing all these fucking garbage musical acts, it's because they keep thinking like, fuck, what can we pack here to make people stay? <laughs> Let me, well, I'll, I'll spoiler. It's not your fucking musical acts that you're picking. I've seen them all as well. I mean, fuck. Dream Act Atlanta had um, uh, Waka Flocka Flame, <laughs> you know, and like about 20 people are watching him. I'm like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe 20 people are watching this motherfucker. Like, outrageous scenes. Um, you know, we had, when we did WSOE for Fortnite, we had the game. <laughs> Definitely not washed up. <laughs> doing Fortnite events we had the fucking game just come and do it like just fucking do the after party you know it's like it's, it's crazy like so there's musical acts out there i mean i remember i remember james bardolf telling me one time they nearly got dmx for a face it event now that would have been straight fucking fire i don't fuck the games <laughs> like put dmx on but instead what you fucking get is yeah oh oh instead what you get is you get fucking, you know, you get garbage. You get fucking garbage. Um, you know, and, and, and it's not enough. And then they only play one song. And it's, You're not even a real journalist. You know what I mean? That's right. It's like they don't even think Here's it. They don't even think it months. through. Holy shit. Doing the no Majors Club again for yes. Yes, I will. The No Majors Club is going nowhere. It's an institution now. I'm gonna. I, I got to think about how I'm gonna do the No Internationals yeah, Club. Journalism. But you, you won't need That's to worry right. about it, Vince, because you'll be back in fucking Berlin, no doubt. So you'll be doing the No Majors Club, knackered from your fucking hotel room, like dying inside. But it's always good to hear from you, buddy. Um. So anyway, you know, I, I, I look. I, I don't know what the full, uh, full solution is, but I think. There's something to learn from the old expo days, which is, I don't know, maybe I'd rather have uh, somebody fucking come and promote a new version of a game or just something. Just give me something. Give me some freebies for sticking around. Do a fucking Hall of Fame thing in the middle. Fuck it, people will probably get up and go get a fucking Coke and take a piss. Call their parents, you know, whatever they're doing. Um... But, but the, oh, what, you, you don't think you're going to be there? I don't know, mate. You fucking should be. You know my opinions. But if not, yeah, you're more than welcome. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's fucking, I don't know. Music acts ain't it. They, they ain't it, chief. Uh, I've seen just too much. Um, but I understand why events are trying to find ways to cram more and more to make people sit around in stadium seating for 10 to 12 hours. The reality is your days just shouldn't be that long. But fuck it, we've hired the venue. So people try and get value for money, you know, in that sense. It's a complicated thing. Anyway, so I'm sympathetic to the, to the blast. But it's also got to be said, your marketing team... Uh, and whoever put the original plan together, shit the fucking bed hardcore. Because to get at any one point a crowd like that in LA, which is an esports hub not even of journalism. the world, while Team Liquid are fucking right. playing like an, an LA based team, that's fucking crazy. That's a crazy fail. And um, 
I, I can't fathom how it, it ended up being this bad. I fucking... I also got to say as well, if you are going to do a musical act, this is a controversial opinion. Evidently. Because loads of people in me today were going like, oh yeah, this... um that that band were um were, were were great that that band was great uh that that played well i don't know about that man i don't know if they were great i mean first of all i'll sh i'll just show you what i tweeted out right if you compare that crowd that i've just shown you there twice this was from the last i series and this was two uk league of legends teams playing against each other about the same right <laughs> it, it's uh so i mean that's a problem but anyway so they put this fucking uh musical act on and it's like <laughs> please don't send like unsigned or fucking indie bands to my big esports events like it doesn't always land when you have a big fucking star or a big dance act right sometimes it's done good i said this before dreamhack when they had darude come and play fucking sandstorm that was a killer because it, it, that was in 2013 right because that was like uh, it, it embraced a fucking meme that everybody was doing at the time it was off the wall, but it was also like, he is a you know, big name, and people could get into it, and it didn't overstay its welcome. He rocked up, he played Sandstorm, he played a few other things, I think, and he fucked off, and that was it. And they weren't trying to sell it as being anything else. But this, like, come on, man. This is like fucking BBC Live Lounge with some unsigned fucking act. I couldn't believe it. like what's this gotta do like i've gotta watch in a minute right i've gotta watch someone else bang someone else's head off with a sniper rifle right like i don't want your fucking pseudo mac miller fucking stylings you shit cunt like come on i'm not feeling it well it's not mac miller is he because he's fucking dead if it was mac miller <laughs> i'd be straight telling you blast is fucking awesome <laughs> they brought him back i'm in but like who brought the fucking light up palm trees like what is this i live in vegas there's like a million bars like this just around the fucking corner from me i can literally walk like 100 meters and be in a place like this it's not the fucking blast it's not a fucking do you know what i mean like what is this shit like, I, I don't know, Maybe a part of me is like, well, at least if DJ Khaled rocks up, and he's a moron, right? He doesn't know that people are laughing at him. He doesn't know people are laughing at him. He honestly thinks people believe all of that fucking, you know, another one shit is inspirational. They don't, he doesn't, like, no one's actually told him, like, listen, come, come, come here, you, you big fatty, come here, mate. They're having a lend. No, no one thinks you're clever. No one thinks you're smart. 
right? No one thinks you're inspirational. In fact, no one really knows what the fuck you do. You keep claiming to have all these number ones and that. And we saw that god-awful sex tape where it was like a, the woman was just on a waterbed and then had you on top, who is a human waterbed, and it was just like, just physics-defying, grotesque sex. Um, so, you know, like, no, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know he's a joke. So he fucking comes along and he puts his heart and soul into it and people are laughing like, <laughs> look at fucking DJ Khaled, look at that dickhead. That's... That is actually more entertaining than this. Like, lots of people were messaging me going, oh, it's a good band. They sound really cool, actually. Brilliant. Buy their fucking album. I know you want, but you can't even remember who their fucking name is now. But, um, <laughs> like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. As if people don't know that DJ Khaled had a fucking sex tape, like, beam me the fuck up, man. Is this the state of my audience? Is this what I'm reduced to? Are y'all out there not watching DJ Khaled's sex tape and laughing at it? Grow up. <laughs> Pull it up, Jamie. No, it's, not, it's definitely not. The thing is as well, because obviously he's just a giant man on top of a woman. Like, that you can't even see anything. It probably doesn't even violate Twitch TLS. What someone, what someone did actually do that was pretty funny uh, was after the sex tape thing sort of came out, um... They actually fuck it because he's really struggling to to get his thrust on, you know. Um, uh, they uh, somebody basically like cut it together. So as he's doing this, it's like another one, <laughs> another. One. He's knackered after five. He's he's done. Anyway, the bottom line is that I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that yes, while obviously this band is infinitely uh, better music wise and and talent wise than fucking dj khaled uh um i'm gonna say it's far less of a spectacle and has less of a place in an esport event than dj khaled does so just saying but i just wish we'd stop i wish we stop you want to know what's hilarious honest to god about eight minutes after the band had finished or it might even have been during the band right Somebody put up a fucking Reddit post just saying, I have two tickets and would like to sell them. <laughs> so you, you, you're killing it. You're fucking straight killing it, Blast. Somebody there. Was that live performance that just happened, the final straw? Probably as well, wasn't it? So absolutely, absolute scenes. Absolute fucking scenes. Like, I mean... You know, what next, like, fucking happy hour? Like, I just I just can't get my head around what I've seen. The way it has as well, like, it's like watching a fucking... They didn't even just play one song. They played, like, a gig. Like, they, they, they played, like, two or three songs. You know, a mini gig, I should say. And, it, and it's like, it, look, it's got the fucking... It's got the fucking... Uh, sorry, I, I can't do the music. But, like, look, it's got the blast, like, on the fake brick wall. Like, it's fucking... Like, it's a TV show or something, like... Do you know what I mean? It's so crazy. It's like John Peel's gonna fucking come out, you know what I mean? Like, what is this shit? Why is it at a fucking esports event? Does anyone know?